0: Welcome to Ecosystems for Change, where we co-author the playbook on transforming communities by amplifying the impact of changemakers around us. Whether you are an entrepreneur or otherwise changemaker yourself, a citizen who loves their community with a passion and wants to see it thrive, whether you are a mentor, investor, support organization, advisor, philanthropic funder, economic developer or policymaker, Learn the practical tools and proven tactics of ecosystem builders from all around the world to better support the dreamers, doers, tinkerers and makers in your community by taking a systems approach to social change. I'm your host, Annika Horn. Welcome to my sixth logbook to give you, the listeners, a little insight into what's been happening behind and beyond the scenes of this show. I'm switching up the format a little bit because I've been meeting so many incredible ecosystem builders who I can't all have on the show, but as you know me, that's not going to stop me from trying. I'm super excited to introduce a new quarterly segment called the Unsung Heroes of Ecosystem Building. I ran this campaign in 2020 with two fellow ecosystem builders, Jeff Bennett and Jess Edwards, both of whom you've met on this show. I often meet really brilliant ecosystem builders online and in person and through introductions that so many of you have made over the last year. They all do awesome work and obviously I want to share their awesomeness with you all. Before we go deep into meeting two unsung heroes, here's what's been going on in the Shenandoah Valley and behind the scenes of this show. I've been spending a lot of time in the Shenandoah Valley ecosystem, which has been and always will be my favorite part of this job. Every six months, we convene a regional coalition of entrepreneurship champions and advocates to share what we have going on for entrepreneurs in our different communities. We also use this time to collectively problem solve, and we work on new projects to support the pipeline of entrepreneurial ventures in our ecosystem. In between these in-person meetings that only happen twice a year, I spend my time working with these champions individually and finding out what entrepreneurs in their region need. Two formats that have worked out great for this are listening tours and fireside chats. For listening tours, my team and I visit a community and walk around literally listening to what entrepreneurs are telling us about the business and startup climate where they live. They share their journey with us and talk about what's working, what isn't, and how we can help them move forward. The second format we've been experimenting with is that of entrepreneur fireside chats. Rather than walking around from business to business, I partner with local entrepreneurship supporters to put on a fireside chat with one or several small business owners. We invite the community that includes other entrepreneurs and supporters and listen to their experiences. Sometimes we include a hot seat session to make sure we help entrepreneurs problem solve while letting everyone else know what type of challenges startups and small business owners in their communities are up against. So far, we've met in community spaces and private rooms at restaurants and at co-working spaces. We've hosted at lunchtime and after hours. You can read all about it on our blog at sccfva.org, where I started publishing a monthly recap of what the ecosystem team is doing and what we're learning along the way. I highly recommend this type of community engagement if you want to put the needs of entrepreneurs at the front and center of your work. With regards to the show, I am super stoked to introduce you to some of the best storytellers in the industry as part of season six, which will premiere at the end of May 2023. We will explore different approaches and channels for storytelling to highlight the different facets of narrative change. My hope is to show you what's possible for each and every one of us, no matter the budget and team size. Storytelling is not just a nice-to-have that lives in the marketing department. When used with intention and a little forethought, it can be the very gasoline that fuels your flame of transformation in your community. In season six, I hope to show you close up how to do that. We'll talk about how to have conversations with our communities about what is possible. When developing the premise for this season earlier this year, I knew I would need a strong partner to help me pull this off. I wanted to find an organization that understands the importance of visualization, language, and mapping in an ecosystem. And find them I did. You already met EcoMap Technologies during last year's summer SummerSkill session on ecosystem mapping, and I couldn't be more excited to have them by my side as we launch into Season 6. I'll drop some links in the show notes so you can go and check them out. And now, the moment you have all been waiting for, or maybe just the moment I have been waiting for. Meet the first two unsung heroes of ecosystem building, Nida Ansari and Sami Popat. Nita Ansari is a principal on the HG Ventures team and has been there for almost two years, working on investments and leading the THG Accelerator. She's relatively new to the Indiana ecosystem and since moving there in 2021, has served on the boards of Pack Away Hunger and the Immigrant Welcome Center. She also mentors at various accelerators and advises local entrepreneurs with a particular focus on underrepresented founders. She is a founding member of HardTech Indiana, a committee serving the hard tech entrepreneurs in the state, as well as a pioneering network with purpose, where professionals assemble to network while doing good work in their local community. You will find out more about HardTech in our conversation. In Nida's time in Indiana, she has been selected as IBJ's 40 Under 40 for her work in the Indiana ecosystem. She hopes to continue building an ecosystem that meets entrepreneurs where they are at in their journeys. Everybody, please meet I'm Nita. Nita Ansari, I am so excited you're here. Thank you for making the time as an unsung hero of ecosystem building to talk to us today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Let's kick us off by talking about your 9-to-5-day job. Tell me what you do. Explain it in simple terms, if you can.
1: Okay, sure. Um, Yeah, I'm a principal for HG Ventures, which is a corporate venture arm of the Heritage Group. Uh, Last year, I was also the managing director of the Heritage Group Accelerator, which is what led me to the ecosystem building part.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Now, I know you have this job, but what wasn't included in that description is a lot of the ecosystem building work that is not part of your official job title. Tell us a little bit more about that and how that came about.
1: It was actually kind of fortuitous. I almost fell into it. Um, I'm relatively new to Indiana. I moved here in August 2021 uh, to help HG Ventures um, set up and bring in House, a uh, accelerator that we previously used Techstars for. What that meant was that um, I needed to become uh, familiar with the Indiana ecosystem for a number of reasons, personal and professional, right? I needed to be more familiar with uh, what was out here from a startup landscape, from a hard tech landscape, from an investment landscape, partner landscape for the for the accelerator. So, effectively, our ecosystem partners. Uh, but then also because I'm new to the city, I decided to um, do it differently. This is my seventh city in the U.S. Um, and the last time I lived in the Midwest, I, I took every opportunity to travel. Uh, but in this case, I decided to truly make this my own. So that's how it got started.
0: How did you go about meeting your ecosystem and figuring out who is who, what is what, and what needs to happen?
1: That's a great question. Um, I actually approached it uh, very much like a personal exercise. I, I I made a list of, I do quite a bit of nonprofit work. There are a couple causes that are relatively important um, and extremely important. So I prioritized those. Uh, for me, that would be hunger and immigrant and refugee causes. Uh, so I went to conferences and um, events that dealt with nonprofits. That's how I found uh, the Immigrant Welcome Center and Pack Away Hunger and got involved in their ecosystems. Um, and then I went to as many networking events as possible. Um, and the heritage group actually was really really helpful because any events that they were sponsors for they are really good about including folks that have just moved to the area to get them involved uh, in their communities so it's uh, ecosystem and community building I'd say Uh, that so that's kind of I I approached it fairly systematically and then once the ball got rolling it kind of just became more organic.
0: Did you keep track of those conversations? Did you write any of it up? Like how did you process, the conversations and meetings, the connections you were making? Did you map them in some way? How did you find your way through? And, 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 you know, most importantly, how did you not get lost in the who is who and what is what?
1: Yeah. And network mapping is actually Quite difficult, at least for me to mentally keep track of. I did, I did make some notes, but what's interesting is that the Indianapolis ecosystem, Indiana ecosystem is Indianapolis happens to be one of the most connected cities. We did a study in 2021 that, that told us that um, you're one or two degrees away from reaching the person that you know. So what what ended up happening is that I identified two or three key people in the networks that I was building um, that were my go-tos. So I kind of led with, you know, I'm going to call uh, Julie for this and Ryan for this and and so and so for that. And um, that lent itself to a domino effect in my, in my network, which worked out great. Um, Indianapolis happens to be one of those cities. Like I said, I've lived in a lot of cities. This is the only one where people go out of their way to introduce you to the right person or connect you to the right person. So it actually, I would say my method may not have worked as effectively or as efficiently in any other city, but it did here.
0: I am so happy to hear that. Tell me a little bit more about what this ecosystem building looks like today.
1: It's it's really interesting because it's very ecosystem building is not for everybody because it's very karmic. You cannot keep score. I can't go into a meeting with, a, with somebody that just wants to talk um, with an agenda um, because I may not get anything out of it. But if I do go in with an agenda, I'm going to get frustrated and maybe not continue doing it at all. So it's very it's a passion project for me. So it doesn't feel very hard. Uh, I'm happy to meet with anybody that wants to meet with me, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's somebody that's new to the ecosystem that wants to, new to Indiana, that wants to talk about how to transition here uh, since I've done it. But I would say it's not very hard for me to make time.
0: Wonderful. And I bet the ecosystem is better off for it. So thank you for making the time. Quick question. What is hard tech? How do you explain hard tech to people who are not in Indiana and deeply steeped in that language and in that ecosystem?
1: Sure. Uh, Hard tech is um, the intersection of manufacturing, physical processes, product um, with tech. So Um, Indiana is the number one manufacturing state in the nation, and we leverage that position to be able to get even better at it, and that involves a lot of tech. So hard tech happens to be the space that entrepreneurs um, can play in where they're making or optimizing uh, a product or process in a unique and novel way, and typically that involves uh, tech and IP.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Nida, as you look towards the future of the Indiana ecosystem, what is your what is your hope, what is your wish for the ecosystem to move into?
1: As it relates to hard tech, I have a very specific uh, hope and vision for Indiana, and it is that we continue to meet entrepreneurs where they are, and what that means is wherever they are in that journey, we hope we create an environment that allows them to thrive, to flourish. If they have an idea, it's really uh, the the hurdles. It's not harder than it should be to start a business. And it's not harder than it should be to grow. It's already hard enough as it is. Entrepreneurship is a lonely journey. Uh, and we've heard that from our founders. Uh, but our hope, and my hope and my vision is that Indiana continues to be the place that draws and breeds entrepreneurs and hard tech.
0: What are your hopes and wishes outside of the hard tech space for the ecosystem, for entrepreneurship, or maybe even for some of the social causes you're so passionate about?
1: I think it's very similar. Uh, Indiana was a black hole for me prior to me moving, right? So it was for sure a flyover state. Uh, Since having been here for almost two years, it, it presents a really cool opportunity for entrepreneurs in that cost of living is affordable. You've got a lot of opportunities. The state provides a lot of grants um, uh, for entrepreneurs with families. It is, it is a uh, very safe environment as well. Um, the ecosystem in the form of legal services, we've got Purdue, we've got IU, we've got a lot of universities that provide very talented folks um, that are churning out very talented folks in the STEM degrees as well as in the business uh, areas. So we've got the makings of a world-class ecosystem here in Indiana. Uh, And the hope is that um, folks start to actually recognize that and talk about it.
0: And it takes champions like yourself to get the message out there. I'm so thrilled. Thank you, Nida, for everything that you do. Last question. Is there anything else you want people to know about you, about the work you do, about the ecosystem before we wrap up?
1: I'd say that uh, you know I'm I'm happy to talk to any entrepreneurs that are um, thinking of it doesn't have to be in hard tech uh, but that are exploring um, either coming to Indiana or otherwise we you know I work in uh, globally as well. What I'd like for for me I'd say I do tend to have a soft spot for underrepresented founders minority founders female founders immigrant founders. So please do reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Um, easy to find.
0: Fantastic. So people can get in touch with social media. Is there any direct way to support you and your work other than reaching out and applauding your efforts?
1: Follow us at uh, Heart Tech Indiana on Twitter. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page as well. I'm on Twitter at the BC Netta. Uh, and uh, the way to support is just to spread the word. And if anybody has questions, I'm happy to lead to resources. If I can't answer the question, I'm happy to uh, to point you in the right direction if I can.
0: Super. And I will make sure I put all of these details into the show notes so people can follow up as they are listening along. Nita, thank you for making the time. It's been wonderful to have you and I can't wait to have you back on the show to dive a little bit deeper into the work that you're doing, not only in Indiana, but also for underrepresented founder. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. The second unsung hero of ecosystem building works in Maryland at the University of Maryland College Park. As a campus connector, Sammy has worked at the intersection of his passions for entrepreneurship, innovation, economic development, community engagement, and higher education. As an ecosystem builder at the University of Maryland College Park, he is naturally inclined to connect people who could benefit from knowing each other activating and catalyzing meaningful engagements either professionally or personally energizes Sammy. And with that in mind, he envisions being remembered as someone who brought joy and value to many people's lives by spiking positive, fruitful and lasting relationships, collaborations and mutually rewarding outcomes. See for yourself in my conversation with Sammy Papa. Sammy, I am so excited you're here with me today. Thank you so much for making the time to come on the show and tell us a little bit more about your work.
2: And thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be part of this conversation today.
0: Sammy, when we first had a chance to chat, we dove really deep into the university ecosystem and all the moving parts which you are helping triangulate and synthesize and help everybody else make sense of. In very simple terms, can you explain to us where you are building an ecosystem and what your role is within that ecosystem?
2: So I work at the University of Maryland College Park. I am part of the division of research. And so a lot of our work is obviously focused on the research enterprise. Um, But with the research, sometimes our faculty, our graduate students, our students, they come up with incredible ideas, breakthroughs and discoveries. And part of my process um, and I'm part of a team, so I want to make sure I give credit to everyone else who's part of this ecosystem. But we think of the ways that they're going to have hurdles. So any opportunity that we can support them through the process of taking that idea outside of the university. So that's the way that I think of it is our community, which is this university that has 12 schools and colleges, 40,000 students, 10,000 faculty staff. There's so many people, and then there's so many incredible things that happen when you have all these people working on a campus towards a a bigger goal. And what we as the division of research and then my colleagues who are based in different parts of the campus are doing are thinking about the different um, ways that these individuals engage with us and then the questions that they have and then what their needs would be to help them think of the ways to take those ideas out of the university and put them into the world. And it's exciting Mm -hmm to be thinking of something big and how you can scale impact. And we want to help them realize that goal and actualize it and put it out in the world um, because maybe someone has the cure to cancer. And we don't want that to be stopped because they're not necessarily sure how to go from the academic side to industry or to commercialize it or work with government or other partners.
0: One thing I find really fascinating is that not only are you a closed-off university campus, but you've actually managed to build bridges into the community by having, obviously you're very close to DC, you have other corporations nearby. Can you tell us a little bit more about that bridge building from within the university out into the wider world and the community within which the university is embedded?
2: So one of the uh, great kind of opportunities that I have is I serve as the manager of the research park, the discovery district. So The university, obviously being a public research institution, is very deliberate about ensuring that we engage broadly with our state, our county, our region, you mentioned the DC area, and we think about who else can we partner with and support and empower some of these ideas and opportunities. And we, from the research park, actually realized that we could actually bring some partners closer to campus because one of the great things that we do is we produce incredible talent. And those students who are our future workforce, they're looking for opportunities and companies, small business owners, entrepreneurs, they're also looking for that talent. And we go, hey, this research park is just, it's adjacent to campus. We want you to come and we want you to consider being either located or co-located here and having our students intern with you, maybe our students do projects with you, and then our faculty maybe work and do research with you. So, it does help us to bridge the gap to have a research park and extend the university into the community. But we're also thoughtful about working with our local city, City College Park, and our partners who are neighboring and surrounding us and asking questions with them, you know, what can we do together? What are um, ways that we can actually work together? And I'll give you a great example. So the uh, area that we're in doesn't have its own, it did not have its own high school. Um, there are other um, elementary and middle schools but the university and the city realized that there was uh, this need, this desire to actually create our our own independent charter school. Um, And so that's just one example of working with the community, realizing that there was a need, but it also benefits not just the city because it is a charter school, it has to be open throughout the county. And so there are students who come from outside of College Park who are not connected to the university, but are now coming to our community from Prince George's County and actually having an incredible experience and in engaging with students from across the county. And, and we think that that's important for our county. Um, I'll also mention that our county is a majority minority county. Um, and we're very proud of the fact that we have so many incredible diverse people from so many different walks of life and in their proximity to the institution. And that's important to our university and how we engage and really think about how we interact with those around us and also exemplify and illustrate the need and Um, importance of that being part of the vitality of a dynamic university institution and community.
0: Semi, from what I understand, you are a campus connector. So you're really helping connect the different colleges within the university, connecting students, connecting faculty and staff, but then you're also from campus into the community. Can you give us an example of what you might do throughout the day as an ecosystem builder, as a campus connector, as someone who feels so passionately about innovation, research and entrepreneurship at your university?
2: I wish I could say that there was a specific agenda for my day-to-day kind of activities. Um, But on the flip side, I will say that I appreciate and really enjoy the fact that my day-to-day is unique. But, you know, what I do on a daily basis is dependent on what's happening across the campus. Um, a lot of my day is also dependent on kind of the seasonality of the institution. So I can, you know, this month April is a very busy month at the university. We're heading into the end of the semester. Um, we're heading into the end of the school year. So we've had a lot of great activity that's kind of built up throughout the year to get us to the, this point where we start celebrating our students. We host several pitch competitions, we recently had a quantum investment summit where we brought uh, investors and people involved with quantum to the university. So we had a two-day event where we actually had panels and keynote speakers uh, and the president of the university uh, addressed the, the, the summit. Um, and, and so from that standpoint, I'll, what I can kind of give you a sense of is, you know, in the morning, I usually check my emails. I'm really trying to figure out what's happening. If there's anything that I need to address. Um, I'll try to keep posted about the university's communication. So there's a daily briefing called the Maryland Today. I read it to see if there's anything that's important or something that kind of stands out. Thinking of what you talked about as a campus connector, some of what I do is also put time aside to look for ways that I think, you know, hey, there's this great thing happening here. I wonder if this person on campus from this side of campus knows it. Maybe I should connect them together, or maybe I should reach out and say, hey, what kind of support can I provide from my position, or also do you know that these resources are available and may be of use to you, right? Um, And and the other thing that I'll add is aside from having conversations and meetings with folks, I do put time aside to do what I consider project time. So I hold part of my calendar, um, whether it's, you know, 10%, 20% of the week, specifically taking time to think of things that are going to come up ahead that I should be addressing, but also things that I'd like to work on. And, And I'll give you an example is, uh, one of my kind of exciting jobs that I like to do is actually managing our innovation gateway. It's an online portal that I um, helped develop with our uh, with some developers, but with the university's support to create a single repository for all the university's innovation and entrepreneurship resources. And it's a great way for us to have a digital portal for faculty, staff, alumni, but also if you go to the website, you'll see that it says small businesses, startups, community, investors. We are considering the fact that our institution can be a resource for more than just the people who are paying tuition or working here, and that we really want to be deliberate to identify how we can support as many people as possible. Um, And you know, for example, uh, I was actually working with a young lady who was a student at the institution very um, active in the Black Lives movement and and had a conversation with me about the fact that she felt that there weren't enough resources, or at least she was not familiar with the resources that were available to Black founders. Uh, And so one of the things that we ended up doing was creating a Black Founders page within the Innovation Gateway that is dedicated not only to the resources for entrepreneurs and small business owners of color, but also adding in anti-racism resources. And then including information about what the university was doing and what the university continues to do to support our students of color. And so the reason that I have these holds on projects is that there are um, ideas that come up from students, faculty, and I go, I wonder what I can do to kind of put something in motion uh, and then kind of, you know, pilot something in beta, share it out with folks, get some feedback uh, from that community and then make changes. And so we continue to think of ourselves in that way um, because I'm excited about what we can do and dream of to make the university uh more integral to our community, and really to hopefully support more individuals in a way that they feel empowered and realizing that the institution is an asset to them as much as it as it is to those who are already at the institution and uh, enjoying many of the benefits that we get to be at such an incredible institution of higher knowledge, education and knowledge. Thank you for doing that. I feel grateful for the opportunity to be in a position where I can kind of envision some of these things that I've seen and wanted to do. Um, And, you know, obviously I think the ecosystem building community are individuals who are very similar in, in terms of that, you know, we are individuals who have a sense of agency. We, you know, we believe that if there's an idea that we should at least pursue it and have conversations, you know, I like to use the word like catalyst, right? Like you, you're taking the initiative to, spark an idea and, and see where it goes. You know, I think you, you had mentioned this, or we, we kind of talked about this previously, but the idea of the growth mindset, right? One of the things that, you know, from the ecosystem side is it's okay to fail. It's it's all about trying, right? And I want others, especially the students that I engage with to see that that's okay because part of your education at the university is more than just what you learn in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's the experiences that you have that are beyond the classroom that help you to see the application of your knowledge and that if something doesn't work out, that doesn't mean you fail. It just means that you take that learning and you take it another step and you pivot, right?
0: I love how you are bringing this growth mindset and, and fail fast and, and just learn from doing um, how you bringing that into that ecosystem. And I think as far as the innovation gateway goes, are those resources local? Are they nationwide? Can others tap into it? I want to make sure I include this in the show notes so that everybody who's listening can also tap into those resources and see what you have gathered.
2: So the Innovation Gateway was initially creating specifically to address our university community. So faculty, staff, students, obviously alumni. But over the years, as I mentioned with the Black Lives um, or the Black Founders page and the Veteran Founders page we realized that there were communities that could tap into some of our resources either locally, regionally, or nationally, right? Um, And so for instance, the university is also the home of the state of Maryland's Small Business Development Center, the SBDC, which is not a university-specific resource. It is really supportive of um, our state partners and small business owners. And so that is definitely a resource that we would point to individuals who are looking for it. The Black Founders page, the Women Founders page, um, there are resources on there that are in some ways specific to the university, but there are other resources that are very much open to anyone who is looking to start a business, um, maybe consider what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, maybe just want to engage with the entrepreneurial community and learn all about what's happening in their, you know, their part of the world. So um, I would definitely have people check out those pages Brilliant
0: Semi, thank you so much. My last question is, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience that we haven't touched on yet that is important to you to share?
2: The thing that I want to to kind of uh, put out there is that anyone can be an ecosystem builder right um, and I use that term I, I, and it probably not very those of us who are part of this tribe are familiar with the vernacular, but others who are outside of it, you know maybe going what is an ecosystem builder and it's just someone who is thinking about uh, from a more macro level, where they can have impact and provide support to others who are looking to make a difference in their community. And so what I would say is, if you feel like there's something that you can contribute, um, you know, it's all about having this agency that you wanna make a change, and then realizing that you can be part of this. And there are a lot of other people who probably, if you just share your desire, will say, hey, I want to join you on that journey, or I know others who would welcome you into their community and help you to help create this change. You know, if you are so excited to do something, then there are people who are there looking to help you, and you just need to put that energy out there, and I'm sure we'll find each other.
0: Wonderful. Semi. thank you so much for making the time. I am so excited to see what the next year and months have in store for you. And I hope to have you back on the show sometime so we can catch up again and hear how things are going for you. Thank you. Well, thank you. You can read the full conversations with Nida and Sammy over on ecosystembuilderhub.com. Simply follow the link in the show notes to learn more about their roles, views, and impact as entrepreneurial ecosystem builders. If you love what they do as much as I do, reach out, connect with them, go visit or just come and hang out with us at the next Startup Champions Network Summit in Washington, D.C. on June 7 and 8. I will be back in two weeks to launch season six on effective storytelling for ecosystem builders with the who's who of storytelling for narrative change. Y'all, we talking TV, podcast, print, YouTube channels, the whole gambit. I can't wait to share these conversations with you. Until then, thanks for everything you do to support the changemakers in your community. Catch you in two weeks, Annika. I pay my respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, the Monacan, Shawanda, Setula, and Monahawk people. I recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to Ella's past, present, and emerging. This episode was produced by Yellow Hus Media.